Greetings, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Riddles in the Dark Digest. I believe this is Digest numero ocho, number eight. Um, we're rapidly approaching double digits, which is awesome. It's so exciting. And and we're getting such great feedback about the Digest. People are saying we shouldn't even call it Digest anymore since we're we're not just rehashing material. We're, we're creating new stuff. So I think we're doing a good job, Trish. People are enjoying it. So um, I, I am the co-host, Dave Kale, and with me is my co-host. Host Trish Lambert. How are you doing this weekend, Trish? Hello, hello, hello. Good, good. Yeah, Andy Higgins even said we should have a TV show. I oh, I definitely <laughs> agree. I'm, I'm, I'm. I know Middle Earth Network is moving toward um, uh, some kind of new setup for their radio that that will include a video element. So they're trying to push a lot of their podcasts to being more video oriented. Oh. So, so maybe someday it'd be, it'd be we could we could each get like a cheapo green screen and put it behind ourselves and then film ourselves and then yeah. transpose it onto like some some Hobbit imagery. Put us in Middle Earth. Yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. We could be it could be us sitting around with the White Council discussing these issues. <laughs> And don't forget, Glorfindel's my old boyfriend, so we'd have to find somebody to be gold. You know, we'd have to somehow put a Glorfindel in. Right? There and I uh, yeah, correct. <laughs> and and every time every time we make a controversial statement, we'll we'll have uh, we'll, we can play that video clip of Elrond going, "That's impossible." That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that won't be you know, at listeners, all. we it may happen. Don't think it's that unlikely. <laughs> Yep. So ostensibly, the purpose of this episode is to is to discuss riddles number fourteen and fifteen. But of course, the real purpose of, uh, is just for Trish and I to talk about whatever we want to. Um, That's right. <laughs> but but I but in order for us to because we're we're on kind of a tight schedule because I have to I have to leave in about a little over an hour in order to go pick up Teresa from a soccer game in order to drive her over to a softball game. Oh my so. God. It's a crazy day. Which means, listeners, this is not going to be a record-breaking podcast. Yes, this is no, but this is going to be. It's going to set a record for efficiency in discussion. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and and I wouldn't be surprised if we somehow managed to not cover all the material we want to. I wouldn't be surprised if we just do another, do maybe do another one soon, or maybe um, depending on what the topic for the next Riddles in the Dark episode is, maybe we'll just have you on there too, Trish. Um, oh, okay. Because yeah. because I feel like I feel like what people are going to want to talk about is the the Hobbit app and the controversy. That's over true. It. That's true. Yeah, That's not like, a bad idea. Where actually, I hate I hate to take the thunder away from the main episode to yeah, talk about. Where all is that the stuff. first? Where is the first episode going to end? The the question that simply won't die. <laughs> I know. I know. Father Roderick was so so sure that it had been settled definitively, and yet again, I know uncertain. Father Roderick's rule was you know well yeah nothing shown that's not. Not in the first film, right? And he right. may have to just eat those words with ketchup. Oh, he is definitely going to have to eat those words. <laughs> so anyway, but I, w- I suggest we should we should get started as quickly as possible, and okay. we'll be pretty efficient because we have we're still working on getting our um, delinquent analysts to give us all their predictions. <laughs> so we actually don't have any. We have some audio content from Father Roderick, but I don't have it at hand. So if it gets added in, it'll get added in as sort of a you know after the credits bonus feature on this episode. And we don't have any audio from American Golden Star this time around. So so we're mostly just going to race through the the limited number of answers we have and to discuss some of the feedback we got from the 
listeners and then just get to Trisha's opinion. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, just opinion about the, yeah, the answers, right? Not my opinion in general. Yes, correct. So, so yeah, so let's, let's go. Riddle number 14. Uh, Riddle number 14 is, of course, the one where we were talking about the, the, it was like the really bizarre hair splitting one about, under what circumstances will Bilbo be reunited with Gandalf and the dwarves? It's a really awkward question. It, it was basically uh, – the whole point of the question was that we, we sort of think that maybe that the, the escape from the tun- goblin tunnels will happen a little differently than, than what's seen in the book, that there's, there's opportunity there to tell it in a slightly more interesting – not more interesting, but that the, the film medium gives you different options and, and that certain things might work better than others and, and, and that there's, there's too much opportunity here for action sequences that we doubt Peter Jackson and company would be able to resist the temptation to make it more action-y. So if listeners recall, the book answer is that – or the the events in the book is that after Gandalf slays the Great Goblin, as they're escaping – I believe it's Bomber at that point is carrying Bilbo. I could be wrong about that. And and they sort of trip, and Bilbo gets dropped and falls down a hole, and ends up down in, in Gollum's tunnel. And then we have the whole riddle in the riddles in the dark sequence. And then Bilbo escapes, and it manages to get out of the tunnels without encountering any any goblins. Although it, it, there's some there's some very close moments where they see like a shadow and stuff. And he is when he's reunited with the company, it's there. They've already escaped as well, and they're actually out having a picnic um, in the in the sunlight on the on the slopes of the mountain because they know they're safe. They know that the goblins won't pursue them during daylight, and so Bilbo takes that opportunity, wearing his invisibility ring, to sneak up on them and to you know surprise them like, "Hey guys, I'm here!" and and they're all impressed. And they're like, oh, he really is a burglar. And Balin is really perplexed because no one's ever been able to sneak up on him. And and it's only Gandalf who seems to suspect that there's something funny going on. And uh, and I don't know. I can't remember if this is a line in the book, but I recall that in the old Rankin-Bass cartoon that Gandalf actually uses the words, your story has the ring of truth. And there's emphasis on the word ring, so mm. so you know that he's that he you know so the cartoon's suggesting something's going on. I don't think that lines in the book. No, I don't think so. so anyway, and then then they have this whole sort of they just hang out. Bilbo tells them what happened, yada, you know, and they're just having this picnic as they wait for the sun. And it's not until the sun starts to go down that they're like, hey, we should get out of here so they can't catch us. So the thinking, the the our thinking is that like that's eh, probably not going to play too well on screen and that they'll probably change it and compress the timeline and and that there maybe will be a seamless transition from the escape from the tunnels into the confrontation with the wargs and the goblins and the burning trees and the eagle rescue and stuff so the question is how will that happen and and um so option a is the book answer including the picnic and the bilbo invisibly sneaking among them um uh option b is that they won't escape separately. That when Bilbo escapes from Gollum's tunnel, or Gollum's cave, he will encounter the dwarves in the tunnels, and that they'll escape from the tunnels together. Which, which is an interesting option. It, there's some issues with time, like what, what are they, the dwarves doing in the tunnels all that time? Um, answer C is uh, that Bilbo escapes alone and meets them outside the mountains, but the meeting is turned into an action sequence instead. So, so I've, answer C kind of preserves the 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 book structure, but just compresses the time and doesn't include the the picnic. And and basically the point of option C is that it, it it's different from the book answer in that it will involve a almost seamless transition into the confrontation with the works. 
Um, so it's it's basically the book, the way things happen in the book, subtracting the peaceful picnic on the side of the mountain. Um, answer D is that Bilbo will escape alone and will find that the Gandalf and the dwarves are still in the tunnels and will actually return in order to try and rescue them. Um, and so, uh, so the, Corey really likes that answer, and, alt- and I believe this is the answer Corey, in fact, chose. And the reason that he chose it is uh, – no, never mind. He didn't choose it. Yeah, but he liked it. He really, really liked it. He didn't choose it, but he really liked it because he liked it as an opportunity to um, start building Bilbo's character as a hero in that he is um, – uh, uh, you know, makes the proactive decision to go back into the dangerous tunnels in order to rescue the dwarves. So um, so that's an interesting idea. And then E is kind of the, the inverse of that. The dwarves escape. Bilbo's still in the tunnels. The dwarves go back to rescue him. Um, it's kind of a less interesting answer, and I don't think anybody's picked it. So, 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 so to review, um, book answer. Um, um, there's also an answer that is similar to the book, but compressed timeline, and it turns it into an action sequence. No picnic. That's C. Um, uh, answer B is that they neither of them escapes, and they meet up in the tunnels and escape together. Uh, and then we have the sort of one or the other escapes and returns to rescue the other. Um, D is Bilbo escapes, returns to rescue Gandalf, Gandalf and the dwarves. E is Gandalf and the dwarves escape, return to rescue Bilbo. So uh, I hope that's clear. It's pretty hair splitting. <laughs> I'm sorry to people. I'm sorry about that. So <clears throat> um, let's read um, Mark Fisher's answer. How's that sound? All right. Uh, you want to read it? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I really – so Mark Fisher, Encyclopedia of Arda, right? The man who has find the book answer uh, personality for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he says, I really don't think there's much scope for making changes in this sequence without derailing other elements of the story. Bilbo's already had a major personal victory in acquiring the ring. If, if he goes on to do something too heroic at this point, I'd say that would be pushing – his character arc too far too fast. On the other hand, he still needs to be seen as surprisingly capable, and Tolkien's version is a nice balance. He does nothing. Im- excuse me. He does something impressive enough to gain the respect of the dwarves, but not so impressive that it fundamentally affects the character balance at this point of the story. I suspect the filmmakers could come up with a totally different set of events that would leave the characters' dynamics in the same place, but it seems a bit pointless to do that when Tolkien has already worked everything out. So I'd assume that the events in the film will pretty much follow those in the book with maybe one exception as she scrolls down. I have to scroll down here. Okay. Where the book is essentially tied to Bilbo's point of view, the film has the leeway to focus on other characters. And given that the escape of the dwarves is a bit more cinematic than Bilbo's own adventures, I think we might well see things primarily from their perspective or perhaps intercut with Bilbo's own escape. That's just maybe a C on your scale, but I still think things will work out pretty much as they are in the book. So it's an Drum roll, A for me this time. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Good job, Mark. Uh, I, th- those are those are interesting points. I, I don't. I think he. I think he he brings up good points, and I think I generally agree with him. Uh, and that's the reason why I didn't pick B or um, D or E. Uh, that I don't think. I, I think there's. Like Corey said, there's an interesting opportunity to add some heroism for Bilbo, but it's not necessary. And and I'm generally in the camp of don't radically alter the events of the book uh, or the character development of the book unless necessary. And I don't think it's necessary, but I do think – I don't 
particularly see like I, I, I the if you think about Moria um, in the Lord in the Fellowship of the Rings, uh-huh. like in the in the book, that's a really long sequence. Um, and and even the the the, the sequence from um, uh, the Chamber of Mazarbal to the confrontation on the on on the bridge is is actually fairly lengthy in the book and then the film it gets crammed down to like five or ten minutes and, right and right. most of the time on screen is them fighting or them running um and that's not true in the book and i kind of sense that the same thing might be true like i think that's an illustrative example for here to bring to bear that 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 they'll leave the events roughly the same in terms of the the, the door, they'll escape separately they'll meet up outside but i think that they will make it more of an action sequence and that i think i think like having like an having like you know the excitement of their escape from the tunnels then a picnic then the excitement once again. Oh, the goblins are after us again. It, it, I think it'll look goofy on screen. I think it will make more sense if they escape the mountain and the goblins are on their heels. Um, so, right. 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 So anyway, um, I, I think he. I think he has a good point. I just don't. I'm not convinced that it, that so, uh, that it so will come out as a. You, you selected C, right? That's right. Yep. Corey and I both selected C. Um, so to review. Um, it looks like, yeah, as I recall, Father Roderick agreed with us, um, with Corey and me, and then um, uh, um, uh, Merrick and Golden Star from um, Casual Stroll to Mordor, and Lily and Elorio from the Warriors of the Westfold podcast both agreed with Mark Fisher. So, so far, the A's have it. Now, we're missing answers from Arwen Kester of Middle-Earth News, Hannah Harlow of Houghton Mifflin, The Last Alliance, um, our new analyst, M.L. Johansson of uh, The Lord of the Rings Project. So, uh, so it could be, could, could, could be swayed back in the direction of C's, or we could have like a brand new answer. And of course, we don't have an answer from you, Trish, but actually so far, the A's have it this time, believe it or not. Really? Huh. Yes. So, um, huh. so anyway, uh, do you want to, do you want to read some, some of our, comments yeah i'm actually kind of going through some of these to see there's some extra stuff here that we don't necessarily want to cover at this point since it's kind of gotten passed by you know what i mean yeah in terms of the app and whatnot um so really i basically the duke of earl gray (laughs) commented on this and he's choosing option d um, which is Bilbo going back in. He says, I like giving Bilbo that powerful character moment of being willing to turn to the tunnel, return to the tunnels. And yes, I think that's the only way to make it work for the audience. But I do love the idea of Bilbo meeting the dwarves as they both are headed back to save the other. You know, when you were talking about things considered or mentioned in the book, but decided against, that ended up actually happening in the movie. I really thought you were going to bring up Pippin singing for Denethor, a scene which only enhanced the movie, in my opinion. <laughs> um. Yeah, so so he went with D. I I don't, you know, we have our new uh, uh, riddles in the dark predictions page up on Facebook. Uh, while while we're talking, maybe I'll go over there and see what we've got, what people are saying about this one. Ah, uh, good point. Yeah, yeah, you can uh, talk a little bit about that if you want while I'm doing this. So, um, yeah, I've been scrolling through the comments on the Mythcard page. It's kind of funny. Like people, people seemed uh, determined to talk about the trilogy or yes. about Hobbit songs. <laughs> yes, I know. It was uh, it was kind of um, lean pickings, actually. And I'm trying to find. <laughs> so Bree, um, Bree, uh, who is a, a regular in the um, uh, the Netmoot when we record the Riddles in the Dark episodes, um, she voted A. 
So she she's in the let's keep it like the film. Um, she says, I think it's better to have Bilbo have a very theatrical scene with Gollum that doesn't cut back to Gandalf and the dwarf since Riddles in the Dark chapter is so iconic. In addition, not cutting back to other characters allows the audience to relate more to Bilbo during these scenes because Bilbo doesn't know what has happened to the others either and must really step up as an adventurer in these moments. While 13 minutes seems like a long time on screen, and it is, but this is the time it took the actors to film it and does not account for even the most basic of editing. It's a very powerful and memorable scene that deserves not to be intercut with others. Oh, that's, that's right. That was our that was our question about um, would the riddles in the dark sequence be one long? That was thing, one of our yeah. conundrums. Yeah, one long interrupted yeah. scene. I think that's a that's an interesting point um, about about. Uh, I kind of had sort of all along assumed that they would probably intercut back and forth and that we would get to see Gandalf and the dwarves having fighting off goblins. But maybe there's enough of that on screen. Maybe they will do it like the book where we don't actually know what happened to the dwarves because that, that is a good point that Bilbo's Bilbo's heroism seems more remarkable from the standpoint of the audience when we don't know what's happened with the dwarves. Like if we know that if he can just escape, he'll find the dwarves and Gandalf outside and be safe. It doesn't, you know, it's more remarkable if he seems like he's moving on without actually understanding, you know, without any notion of whether whether he will find um, um, uh, rescue on the outside. That's a pretty right. cool idea. Right. Right. Uh, right. And Bree, Bree has training as a filmmaker, so right. so we should take her answer seriously. So she has, yeah, she, hers is a weighted, she has a weighted answer, doesn't That's she? Right. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Did you discover anything, uh, yeah, on the, on the, on the Riddles in the Dark, um, predictions page on Facebook, actually, it's, it's, it's pretty much even between A and C. Ah, interesting. It's, it's kind of equal numbers. A couple of people, we have four votes for B. We have, basically, it's 20 votes for A, two, four votes for B, 19 votes for C, and then nothing for, for the others. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so it looks like we're kind of even. No one's biting on the the um, you know. Oh, it's an opportunity for um, Bilbo to to grow as a character and all that stuff. <laughs> Apparently not. The the you know Duke of Earl Grey. I mean, he apparently isn't on, on the Facebook predictions page yet. You need to get on the prediction page. So he has. He's Dude, not come on. He went with D, so you know, yeah. So hopefully, more folks will come on here and, and vote. Yes, well, get on there, people. I, I, you want to uh, talk about that briefly? Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's uh, riddles in the dark predictions. We just decided, you know, here we have the analysts, and we've got Corey and Dave and I, and it's kind of like, look, folks, you know, why are we leaving everybody else out? Let's have, you know, let's have a way that other people, you know, everybody, everybody can put their um, predictions up. So what we have is a separate Facebook page called Riddles in the Dark Predictions. If you like the page, then come on and uh, you can you can answer put all your answers in for all the riddles and conundrum that we have up so far. Mm-hmm. And I think. Have we done it or are we going to actually add a column on the prediction grid for this page, right? So that we kind of keep a running tab on, on. Yeah, we, we haven't, um, we haven't done it yet, but that are, we have people working away on that thing. So, so yeah, I, I definitely encourage people to, um, to, to like to do that because it's going to be, you know, right now it's a fun thing and it's a good way to get your voice heard. And we're going to be looking very carefully we're, or we're going to be reporting the results from it on here and stuff. But eventually it's going to be an opportunity for people to like to directly contribute to the actual like official yeah. grid. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Because um, you're but, and, you know, and, and and you can also go in and change your answer, too. <laughs> so that's right. I yes. I shouldn't tell people that. But. Don't do that. 
but don't yeah don't do that stick with your guns so yeah do come to that we've got a we've got it's just edging up to about 120 people so far on the page and uh the more the merrier as far as i'm concerned so, and it's on so it's on facebook they just search for riddles in the dark predictions and they'll find it right, right. nice yep well and, it's really uh, fun and um and uh, Trish worked really hard on it, and we have uh, we have a volunteer named Steve, right? Yeah, Steve Lacalso is is now the keeper of the page. Steve is Steve is working very hard on it, so um, so put their put their effort to good use. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so I. So yeah, it's I, time for you to answer. Time for me to answer. I am with you. I think C. I mean, I I understand what Mark's saying mm-hmm. in terms of you know why change why fix it if it isn't broken. Although personally, I think that's that is neither that is not a consideration for Jackson. <laughs> if he wants to change it, he changes it. I it just, just seems to me that an action sequence with I mean, I could even see Bilbo running down running out of the mountain with a few goblins chasing him, go, you know, and running into the dwarves, you know, and then there's like a scuffle and mm-hmm. somehow or another he kill the goblins and or get away. You know what I mean? It's like they're the way that it reads in the book, which is charming and delightful in the book, I Corey has said this a number of times, you know, it, I don't think that it translates well onto the screen. I just don't. Now Bilbo doesn't have to have a character arc here. I mean, he doesn't have to turn into a brave guy, you know. I mean, he could be running out of the mountain, you know, screaming bloody murder. It's just, I think, having activity on the screen is is going to be preferable than having it be the fairly calm, you know, picnic. scene in the book. Yeah, the picnic. <laughs> Bilbo, Bilbo sneaks by Bal and then all of a sudden, you know, appears and oh my mm-hmm. gosh, you know, I, ju- I just, I just can't mentally see that in the in the picture. Yep. Um, you know, and, and also the fact that, you know, there's going to be a lot more people in the theater than those of us who are, you know, so, you know, true to the book that, you know, it's going to be more attractive, I think, to have it be a little bit more adrenaline pumping excitement than just a picnic, you know, be able to walk into the middle of a picnic. Yep. Yep. Completely so I'm agree. Go- I'm going with C. Uh, I think that's a good answer. Obviously. <laughs> I know. Obviously you do. We're yes. in agreement. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, um, don't have a lot to add to that. I think that's a fairly, fair. I think that's a good answer. I think it's fairly uncontroversial. I mean, there is obviously there is controversy between episode, answers A and C, but they're really not significantly different. So there right. doesn't seem to be a lot of disagreement. Most people think that uh, the way it will happen on screen will be approximately the way it happens in the book. So yeah, I mean, the only difference I think between the two answers is the clashing of potential yep. clashing of swords with C. Correct. Um, uh, by the way, there is a column for Facebook on the. On oh, there the is. Check. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yep, so there is. Yeah, we can uh, start to keep. We'll start to keep that. Uh, maybe I'll ask Steve if he would be willing to sort of keep that up to date because it it the, there the it actually is up to date too. Oh, awesome. Okay, because it may they may shift as people come. And yeah, so we'll have to keep up. we'll have to keep mod- we'll have to keep keep it up to date up to date. Yeah. But it is completely filled at the moment. So Steve's doing such an awesome job. I'm Steve sure Steve is fantastic. We love you, Steve. <laughs> Okay, so uh, um, riddle number 15 is uh, from from the episode Wargs and Eagles and Bears, Oh My. (laughs) Um, This was the the infamous Talking Animals episode, um, and uh, um, the question was – the riddle was, what role will the eagles play in The Hobbit in Unexpected Journey, which we have confirmed will continue to be the name of the first film – um, uh, so, so they actually didn't change the names of any of the films. I mean, I guess you could argue that the second film was renamed, but I don't, I personally don't think of that as, I think that the third film is 
the third the the now third film is actually equivalent to the previous second film. Second and they film. added a third. They added another film in the middle. In the middle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was really glad. I I that original thing of when they when they registered the Battle of Five Armies for the third film. I was just like, that's just not. Yeah. No. I was glad they went to there and back. I lo- yeah, I love there and back again. Come on now, yeah, people. I know. So. So, um, uh, so, so the first film is continues to be unexpected journey, and the question here is what will the role will the Eagles play? And of course, this is this is a question that becomes very interesting now. Yeah, <laughs> because, we may not actually this may not get answered. Uh, may, this may only get partially answered. It, yeah, it's entirely possible that we will not find out the answer to this question on screen. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. But um, here, are your, here are your answers, your possible answers. A, they will save the company from the wargs and goblins and carry them to their eyrie before carrying them elsewhere. The book answer. <laughs> B, they will save the company and carry them directly to Bjorn's territory, likely his Carrick or maybe his house. C, they will save the company and carry them directly to Radagast's house. D, the Eagles will help the company in some way other than carrying them out of danger. Perhaps uh, an example would be by killing the wargs and goblins. So um, intervening directly as opposed to right, um, just right. just rescuing them. Um, so uh, so we think these are good. We, we did this question because we think that these are all interesting possibilities. Like, in, in particular, Corey thinks that um, uh, that having the eagles carry the the felt that having the eagles carry the dwarves and Bilbo to their eyrie and then carrying them elsewhere was too much screen time and would be kind of boring on screen and all that. So um, so he was kind of in favor of of, of something and, and also he thinks that the eagles aren't going to talk on screen and so that their their screen actual screen time will be kind of minimized the way it was in the the Lord of the Rings films. So he kind of imagined that maybe one way to, to accomplish that and to speed things along um, would be to have the eagles just fly them directly someplace else right. as opposed to flying them to um, uh, their eyrie. Uh, um, uh, I, I will note that Father Roderick d- disagreed and felt strongly that, uh, that, the e- that the eagles flying them to their eyrie doesn't take that much screen time and, and, and is a fantastic opportunity for some great visuals. Right. Um, we added the Radagast answer because um, uh, we think that this could be a natural way to involve him in the in the main storyline to get him involved. Right. I, I think we've seen comments to the effect uh, um, of uh, f- from film, film people involved in the production that that Radagast's main role in the film will be to connect the main storyline to the the necromancer storyline. Um, I, I think I saw that out of a sort of. Um, digested collection of spoiler, quote unquote, spoilers from Dragon Con, where I think One Ring did a um, like a session there, and they kind of did a re- review of what we know. And one of the points was that Radagast's main role will be to connect the main storyline to the Necromancer story. Right. First of all, right. I was when I some somebody uh, messaged Corey me on face on Twitter and was like, "Look at all these spoilers from Dragon Con." And we haven't looked at them. We're like, "We know all this. Like, this isn't new. This is I just know. this is just One Ring." Telling us what they already know, knew. Reiterating, like, and I feel it seems like when I read the list too, some of those were like, I don't, I don't think even that's completely right. agree. You know, yeah, yeah, making some assumptions or yeah, you know. that, that, that's what I, I mean. That's that's what I'm saying about One Ring. I, I love them to death. They do a great job, and, oh, yeah. and they're a constant source of awesome material. And they do a lot of they do a lot of like the grunt, the, the kind of annoying grunt work, like. 
with that new Hobbit a- app coming out, um, they they did the work of going and getting the scroll out of it and putting it online where it was easy to look at. And when like issues of like Empire magazine come out, they do the hard work of like scanning it in and putting it online. So I love them to death. But they have a tendency to to kind of latch on to like really really kind of almost like like little tidbits of information that have all, all that are like fairly fairly vague and sometimes unconfirmed and to turn them into definitive statements and i it's you know i don't always go i don't always agree with that it makes for good fun but it it's I, I don't always agree with their conclusions. Yeah, yeah. And, and in I the mean, case, I, I think the, the probably the thing that bothers me. Oh gosh, my bird! I'm going to have to go close the door on him. Um, the thing that the kind um, of bugs me is, yeah, I mean, there does seem to be sort of this air of they're being very uh, authoritative about it. Yes, and it's. I mean, they're they're doing the same thing we're doing. Yes, you know. Yeah, they're just speculating. <laughs> yeah, I know. Speculating, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, some things they are they should be authoritative on because they actually have access to spoilers. But, right. But right. but some of the things, some other things, they use that authoritative tone regardless of whether they actually have real information or whether they're just <laughs> speculating off their cuff. So so I'm calling them out on that. Um, uh, so anyway, um, I, I just, the Radagast thing, I don't, you know, Gandalf is going on the, the secret mission into Dol Guldur. Why do we need Radagast? Gandalf is connecting us to the Necromancer storyline, so I don't agree with that. So we, but anyway, we, one idea we had was one fun way to involve Radagast would be to have him be somehow responsible for maybe sending the eagles to rescue right. Gandalf and the dwarves. And, and you know, he has an affinity for animals and he talks to animals and all that. So it seemed kind of sensible. So that's where that answer came from. And then D is kind of the, it's not hard to imagine um, Peter Jackson altering the scene where, so to where it like, it's like a, a, a preview of the Battle of Five Armies. The eagles come in and just clean house, you know, they kill all the wargs and g- goblins and stuff. And then, um, and then say, see you later. And then the dwarves right. and, and Gandalf wander off themselves. I don't think that will happen. I think, I don't think they'd want to change it that way, but you could imagine them doing that. So. Right, right. So that's the point of this question. Right. All right. Why don't you, uh, if you want to take care of the bird, you can do that. Yeah, while I, I was read just going to say, why don't you read Mark's and I'm going to go shut the bird up. Sounds good. But I, I, in a humane way. Yeah, don't, don't <laughs> shut him up for good. Right, right. So, Mark Fisher, here's his thoughts. I think it would make perfect sense to skip the visit to the Iris. Of course, it will still be necessary to establish the Eagles as allies, as they don't just appear out of nowhere at the Battle of Five Armies. But there are plenty of ways to do that without making a detour that seems fairly pointless. I really like the idea of heading to Radagast instead. It would make complete sense for the Eagles to head to someone who's their closest friend and ally, and also the cousin of one of the people they've just rescued. It's also a handy way to set up a split between the White Council plotline and the Dwarves plotline, since Radagast will doubtless be helping in the attack on Dol Guldur, and Gandalf can remain at Ross Gobel while the Dwarves set out into Mirkwood. That's all very neat and tidy, but doing it this way skips Bjorn completely, and I'd be astonished if that were to happen. At least he's certainly been cast. I suppose he could be fit into the story at some later point, um, but I can't really see that working, so I think our only options are either a trip to the Iris after all, or a journey straight to the Carrick, since the Iris seem a bit of a distraction. I'm going to have a guess at B. The Eagles will carry the dwarves straight to the top of the Carrick. So he uh, agrees with Corey. Corey also selected B. I went for kind of. I, I went out on a limb this time. I'm the one that chose the crazy answer. I voted for Radagast the Brown. I, I for the record, um, and I, I realize that this is maybe a little absurd when you think about the geography of the um, of the land. But I kind of I sort of imagined that they would go to um, go to Radagast, um, uh, you know, and then they would move on to um, Bjorn's house, which if they were being flown to Ross Gobel, 
that they would essentially be in Mirkwood already, and then they'd be leaving Mirkwood to go to Bjorn's house and going back to Mirkwood. So that does seem a little goofy. So um, I, I and I and you know it's possible that the Carrick answer is not mutually exclusive with Radagast the Brown. Uh, that they could be flown to the Carrick, and Radagast the Brown will be there to meet them, and he'll tell them <laughs> to go on to Bjorn's house. So, um, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I realize the Radagast the Brown answer is a little, um, a little problematic. So I, I'm just going to clarify a bit. Um, you, they don't necessarily need to be flown to Ro, to Ross Gobel because that, of course, uh, is absurd. Um, but they'll be flown to wherever Radagast the Brown is. Um, but what we're going to stipulate is that he's not at the Carrick, so that answers B and C can't be conflated. So okay, either okay. either they're flown to, to Radagast the Brown, and he doesn't have to be at Ross Goble, uh, because that's that's kind of absurd geographically. But they could be flown to him standing, you know, two miles away from right. west of the Carrick or something. Uh, and they move on to the Carrick from Radagast the Brown. So that's what we're going to stipulate. So right. So if so, even if it was, even if it's instigated by Radagast. But they end up at the Carrick. And he's not there to meet them. Yes, that would be B. If they're flown instead to wherever Radagast the Brown's waiting for them, that's C. But he can't be at the Carrick. If if they're flown to Radagast the Brown and he's standing on top of the Carrick, then then the question (laughs) the question just blows up, yeah. I may have to I may have to speak with Corey and, and see if we need to to, to jigger the question a bit and give everyone an opportunity to alter their answers if they want to. Yeah, really. Um, so uh, I wanted to add a note. Um, the, he, he also – a lot of that episode was spent talking about talking animals, and we talked a little bit about spiders. And uh, and uh, Mark had a note about the talking spiders. He said, about the spiders of Mirkwood, Corey mentioned in your last podcast how odd he thought it was that the spiders could talk. It certainly is a bit odd, but there's at least – a sort of explanation in that they were descendants of Shelob and thus of Ungoliant. Far and wide, Shelob's lesser brood spread from glen to glen to Dol Guldur and the fastnesses of Mirkwood. From the Return of the King, which is volume uh, uh, or chapter four, or something I don't, I don't actually understand what That's those numbers book, mean. Book four, yeah, um, chapter nine probably, or something yes. Like that. So if it's imaginable oh, no, that Shelob could talk, yeah. it makes at least some sense that her lesser broods could do so too. But the the thing – I think the reason that it – the reason it seems odd that the spiders can talk is that we don't see Shelob talking. Right. We actually see her – we see her internal monologue, which seems to be being executed in, in English words. But I guess it's a description of her. But she seems to be intelligent, sentient thinking, but we don't actually see her speak. Maybe that's because she's been living in tunnels by herself for too long or something, so – I don't know. But anyway, thank you, Mark. Um, so our other predictions, uh, we have Corey. So to review, Corey said B, Carrick. I said C, Radagast the Brown. Mark said B. Father Roderick wants them to go to the Iory because of the wonderful visuals. Merrick and Golden Star of Casual Stroll to Mordor say B, um, Carrick. So I am out on a limb all by myself. So uh, do we have, do we have any good um, and, and and the rest of our analysts have not given us the answers yet. Come on, people. <laughs> so uh, do we have any good comments? Well, let's see. We have Diedrich. I think is how I say his name. Yes. Diedrich H. Um, he says I could see the company being taken to the Great Shelf, but not stopping there. In other words, the Irie. They might visit, but instead of resting and then being flown to the Carrick, they might traverse down the mountain to the Carrick that would then be supposed to be just below the Irie, or as you mentioned, be taken right there to the Carrick. 
I don't see the whole company visiting Roscobel because then they'd have to travel away from the forest, like you said, back to Bjorn's, which we know is in the movie. I think they're carried, but from what the movie production videos have shown, which leaves just A or B to me, I think B is more likely so that there won't have to be explanation on how the eagles are communicating. That makes it slightly odd as to how they come to the rescue. In the book, the Lord of Eagles, yeah, that's right, the Lord of Eagles actually is having a discussion with his guards about the commotion. They notice the fire, right? They notice the commotion. Um, Jackson could get around it by having a point of view shot from above the burning force with the eagles mustering for a rescue and attack, but I don't think he'll have them having an audible discussion. That means he has to have that point of view scene or another scene with a wood moth getting instructions from Gandalf. <laughs> It would really have to be a moth because, like Jacob mentioned, it but some, another commenter provides the continuity from the first three Lord of the Rings movies. People will say, "Oh, he's calling for that eagle," like he was like he was on the tower. If they see that, and if for anything else, it wouldn't really make a sense as to why eagles would permit the intrusion on the eyrie from a flying creature. Absent that moth scene, I think we'd get the eyrie point of view, and maybe even them leaving the scene, swooping down, cutting back to the forest, and Gandalf getting ready to jump down. In the book, it's because he's ready to attack, but like like in. Uh, Fellowship of the Ring, this could simply be him saying, my ride is here, and show his confidence in his mobile network getting word to his buddies up the mountainside. Right. <laughs> That's right, because in the book, actually, Gandalf is going to sacrifice himself. He j- literally jumps out of the tree to pound on the on the wars and goblins, and then, you know, uh, miraculously, the eagles grab him as he's falling. Yeah, Gandalf, always sacrificing himself. I know, I know. Now, let's see. Um, now, Adam, I don't read Adams, but it's actually about uh, the, the raven, I think. Talking about the raven. Oh. Um, mm. So I think we don't want to do gotta that. we've got to table because, it. Yeah, but to table that that's one. Like, that's right. That's like that's right. eight years from now. I know, I know, I know. Now, I will tell you that on Facebook, B is winning out by quite a long shot. We have 10 votes for A. Um, we have 31 votes for B. And we have seven votes for C. So you're not alone. And we even have one for Good D. Good for you people. Yeah. Those those C people are geniuses. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So I think that's, you know, we're kind of whipping through this. But, um, but that's... You know, I think you explained him really well, and I, I like you said, we may have to do a little clarification on the on the B's, the B and the C. Yes, yeah, that's kind of a problem. Um, boy, God, all these comments, people, people try to keep it focused on the film in question. We can't use your comments if you're talking about future things. <laughs> or well, no, no, and, you know, actually, it's wonderful. Say, like, I, I like the I like the discussion. Just be aware that comments that 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 stray beyond the first film are, are, are have to be saved for future discussions. And I'm sure a listening is a listener is hearing you say that saying, but Corey goes beyond. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know, but you know, we have to, we have to well, put them at some place. I think I, 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 you know, I actually think it's like, we can talk a little bit about it actually, because it bears on the, the, the larger question from the episode, which was, will there be talking animals at all or not? And, and that's actually what I'm, what I'm proposing we do as the conundrum for this episode. Yeah. Cause, cause, um, cause, uh, um, Corey generally felt like they wouldn't do him, uh, any talking animals, I think. Yes. He, he was, he felt, he thought for sure that the, the eagles wouldn't talk, um, he thought for sure that the the wargs the wargs actually don't i mean they speak in the book but they speak their own language which which could easily be done on screen as barking um it, it's kind of more implied that they're speaking because of the way that they're organizing and behaving 
But we well, don't... and actually, yeah, the Great War. What is it? They they all get in a circle, and he does this whole soliloquy speech. Yes. <laughs> like like Corey said, it's like Aragorn's version of the you know, it's the version of Aragorn's you know, not this day. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think you guys talked about that. We, we, we're not really expecting to see that scene. In yeah. The so, um, uh, and then the only other really talking animals we have, we have Roak, the, the speaking raven. Um, we have the thrush, who I think also speaks his own language. We have. Doesn't, he go, doesn't the thrush go tip Bard off? Yes. But, yeah. but I think it's mentioned in the book that Bard, Bard uh, comes from a line of people who could understand the thrush's language. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So, okay. so that would probably – that's probably going to happen kind of like that Gandalf moth scene where there's just some kind of weird whispering noise and we don't understand what it is. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a good point because that's such a key moment. You know, How are they going to communicate on screen that, um, that the thrush is tipping him off? So that's an yeah. interesting point. Um, uh, we never see Bjorn – we never interact with Bjorn as a bear. We only see him either we, – we see rumors of him and the you know, evidence of him and the other bears at night. We see him you know, from a long ways off following the, the company, and then we see him at the battle murdering goblins. But we don't actually – we never sit and have a conversation with him in bear form. And do we actually see him in the battle, or is Bilbo told about him after he comes to? Oh, that's a good point. We didn't even see him. Yeah, I think Bilbo's yeah. told about him. Um uh, somebody pointed out. Let's see, where is it? Um, uh, Eogan said. Um, I'm pretty sure I pronounced that wrong. It's Owen, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it I Owen? think it's just Owen. You're right. Smaug will have to talk, and and he's kind of an animal. Um, well, yeah, I, I think we have to define what an animal is. Yeah, I, I think I think. I think the so the the main complaint about talking animals in the episode was that it it, it comes off as weird, you know, and kind of and maybe even a little corny and goofy. But didn't um, you argue for 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 talking animals? Yeah, I, I, I'm in favor of it. Um, I'm just saying that that was the problem that was brought up, and I and I and I and I I grant that point that it does come off weird. But I think that only applies to animals that we don't expect to talk. Dragons are not real animals that we have a, we have experience with in the natural world, and therefore seeing dragons talk doesn't seem absurd. And right. that, in fact, the vast majority of experience we have with with visual dragons, like on screen and you know in movies and stuff, we generally see them talking. So that right. so doesn't right. come off as weird. I think the spiders, the the eagles, the eagles, the talking might make them seem less kind of regal and threatening. Um, but I think it's doable. The spiders. Plus, they didn't talk in Lord of the Rings films right. either. That, so. that, that's and I think that's why Corey sort of really feels like the eagles won't talk because they didn't talk before. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm I, I'm not sure I completely agree with that. Um, uh, so the spiders are the big problem because they're supposed to be – presumably the way they'll look will be quite similar to the way Shelob worked and they're it looked and, uh, in Return of the King. And they're supposed to be scary and frightening and all that. And, and it's, you know, the truth matter is the spiders in the Hobbit book are, are kind of scary if you're a little kid reading it. But as a, an adult, they're not that scary. They're kind of actually ridiculous. Um, you know, especially when Bilbo taunts them with goofy songs. <laughs> Right, <laughs> just that whole scene in general—the spiders talking and then Bilbo singing at them weird, weird songs that they can understand—is um, is is it's 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 hard to imagine how they're going to do that without that coming across as completely absurd. So, I, I, one thing I think somebody—I don't remember who it was—but I, I heard somebody propose the idea that maybe it was Father Roderick that that Bilbo's ability to to understand to understand the spiders speaking and to speak with them himself could be. Um, uh, uh, an effect of the ring. Ah, 
that maybe oh jeez <laughs> there's animal speaking see i'm like i'm like radagast me and radagast yeah I tell you yep um so that's an interesting idea and I, and i actually think that the more i th- think about it the more i really like that idea that maybe maybe it will be if not explicitly explained on screen then certainly heavily implied that that when the spiders are speaking and Bilbo's speaking with them, that 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 somehow the ring is actually acting to enable that, and that and that 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 completely consistent with with the books because you'll recall that Sam is given the ability to understand um, the orcs' various speech patterns in in uh, Mordor when he's wearing it. That it gives you the ability to understand the the language of the servants of of um, of Sauron, so um, of the Dark Lord, and and and. The spiders in this case could be – I don't know that we're supposed to think of them as servants of the Dark Lord. Um, I think they're actually more – they're kind of like Shelob. They're kind of free agents, but but maybe Well, except they're, that Jackson certainly could imply that they yeah, are actually or that they've, they're under his influence because certainly, yeah. certainly the dark thing spreading in – Merkwood is the influence of the necromancer, who is, of course, Sauron. So maybe the spiders aren't working for him directly or his slaves, but maybe they're under his influence and therefore the ring um, uh, could still, you know, like like Jackson doesn't have to parse that carefully. Like, do the spiders actually work for Sauron or not? It doesn't really matter that much on screen. Right. So I think that's that's a pretty interesting idea. uh, that the you know uh, and and I so like um, smog talking not really you know like he doesn't count as an animal really um, the 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 thrush doesn't actually speak English he speaks some weird language that's not inconsistent with um, uh, the the previous films because uh, we see Gandalf speaking moth language to a moth um, uh, the the wargs may be barking. Again, they have their own language. That's not inconsistent with the with the Lord of the Rings films, and won't come across as absurd. Um, uh, we probably won't get to see bears or talk to bears, you know, or or shapeshifters in bear form. So, really, the only real the only real opportunities for animals speaking, in my opinion, seem to be eagles, the raven, roac, and the spiders, because those are, those are the only cases in the book where we, we we see dialogue being attributed to those kinds of animals, and the dialogue happens to be in main in 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 you know um, British English, and so those are the opportunities for animals to speak on screen, and I think that those those are the ones that the filmmakers are wrestling with and trying to decide how to handle that. I think now you know the raven and the thrush could be conflated. Yeah, the, the, I I never could keep those. In, talking birds straight when I used to read these books. So that's a possibility. That's a good yeah. point. Um, uh, and I think that um, – so I think I think the eagles, if they have – if they minimize their screen time, it wouldn't be that hard to just have them not talk, um, similar to the way that the role they played in the Lord of the Rings films. I think that the spiders, you can easily come up with a device where they're – you know they actually just make clicking noises or whatever and then Bilbo understands it because he's wearing the ring. Um, and the Raven, I don't know how they'll handle that, but, but that's in later films, so we don't have to decide yet. <laughs> that's right. We'll have that conversation later. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you have any, what do you, what do you think? Were you asking me? I'm sorry. Yes. I was being quiet because I thought you were talking. No, no. I was, I'm curious to know, like, do you, do you have any sort of thoughts on the oh. spider speak? Do you, do, what about the eagles? Do you think that the eagles will speak? I, I don't think so. I, you know, I I hate to do this to you, but I think I'm more in Corey's camp. Um, and, and I think 
one of the reasons is, you know, they didn't do it in the in the Lord of the Rings. They didn't really have. I mean, the only thing again was the moth. That was the only thing. Mm-hmm. The eagles didn't talk. You know, they were these, like you said, regal sort of messengers and you know things. Um, I also don't think. I don't think we'll see. You know, I don't think we're going to see the animals talk. Oh, I didn't answer the. I didn't answer the. Yeah, the, you the can, you yet, can, did you I? can but address the, the talking in general, and then you can do the, the question if you want. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just, I think we're not going to see, at least in film one, you know, which is actually what we're focusing the conundrum on, right, is film one. I don't think we're going to see any talking animals. I, I I mean, I think when Bjorn is in bear form, if we do see him in bear form in the movie, well, I and mean, we may not even see Bjorn in the, in the first. So, you know, but um, if we do see Bjorn or when we do see Bjorn, he may talk as a human, but not as a bear. I mean, he may growl as a bear. I mean, he may not actually have speech as a bear. So I tend to think we're not going to see talking animals. Hmm, I know. Really sad. I know. I feel like I, I feel like I've betrayed you. You've betrayed me. <laughs> so, um, um, uh, what about spiders? I, God, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, when you were talking about the spiders, I was thinking about the Harry Potter spiders. Yeah. And would Jackson actually want to, you know, because I just can't help but think that that wouldn't bring that to mind with people. That's a good. Uh, that's a good point. On the one hand, the Harry Potter spiders show that you can have spider the spiders talk and still be completely frightening. Right. On the other hand, <laughs> then it will just seem like he's copying Harry, Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which I mean, he I totally isn't. Of, but... No, not at all. In fact, if anything, the other way around. Yes. Um, uh, I could see a lot of clicking and hissing maybe i mean i you know you're right i mean that 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 i i don't even know that we're gonna see bilbo be singing the songs at them i mean i have a feeling it's gonna end up being this you know spider scary spiders clicking at each other and you know bilbo pulls sting out and it's you know charges into a big battle and we don't even have the songs which i think would be really sad it's like Corey said you know we need to hear at least one adder cop but I don't even know that we're going to have Bilbo singing in that scene. I, it's like you said; it's too problematic. Yep. I, I'm. I'm. I have no idea how they could do that scene in a way that would be true to the book and not have it look. No. Goofy. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, especially given that they're building up. I mean, here you've got you know, like Armitage is describing Thorin as like a Henry V. You know, he's he's studied Shakespeare's Henry V to get Thorin's character right. You know, and you've got these things, yeah, and you've got these things about Bilbo and the scenes we see of Bilbo with Sting out. You know, the ones we've seen of him with the with the spider webs and the Sting. I mean, he's looking very ferocious. You know, and stuff. I mean, how do you then put in this like nursery rhyme singing? I don't. I just, I just can't imagine them doing it, which is on the one hand sad, but on the other hand, I, I think it would be distracting in the kind of film that Jackson appears to be putting together. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Now, as far as Riddle 15. So Riddle like, 15, what do you think? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that Radagast is going to be really? involved. And here's, yeah, well, here's Sure you want to be out on the limb with me, huh? Well, and, but the reason is, is where else are you going to develop him? You know what I mean? It's like, first of all, we, we've already gotten this thing about how Radagast is like, you know, at one with the animals, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the whole idea of Radagast somehow f- figuring out something's going on for whatever reason, you know, however he gets tele- you know, pe- telepathically a message from Gandalf. I don't know how he does it, but somehow or another, he knows that the, you know, the company's in need of saving and he actually sends, now I could see him having some kind of a language that we don't understand with the, with the eagles, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe he speaks some kind of elvish or Valinorian language and he sends the eagles, you English. know, that he sent, <laughs> right, English, right, that he actually sends the eagles and that's how the eagles end up going and doing what they do. Now, 
where they take them is another story. I mean, I could see them taking him to the Carrick, but I actually think they're going to take, I think it's more likely they are going to take him back to Radagast. And you're right. He's not going to be at his, at his home. He's going to be someplace else. And then they have kind of a conversation and then Radagast, uh, Radagast maybe takes them, you know, hikes them up the Carrick to meet Bjorn. And he's, he, and he actually introduces them to Bjorn because how, where else are we going to get more development of Radagast? Radagast appears to be a pretty, I mean, he's gotten a lot of press mm-hmm. from the studio. You know what I mean? I also, by the way, as a side note, and this is something for us to discuss later, I don't think Radagast is going to make it. I mean, I think he's going to get off to some point. I think they're going to kill him off, really? I do. I think one of the reasons... But he's I think supposed one... to be alive at the, uh, in Lord of the Rings, although we never see him in the film, so it's... But he's never mentioned in the films at all. That's right? fair enough. I mean, he's never mentioned in the films, and I think he's he's being turned into such a sympathetic character, first of all, and second of all, because they don't mention him in the, in the Lord of the Rings films... You know, I think that they probably feel like they have to have to have a reason why he's not showing up in the Lord of the Rings films. And what easier way to do it than to have him like, you know, by the farm at the Battle of Dol Guldur. That's a side thing. But that's just it's occurred to me that sadly, I think he's not going to make it. Huh. That's an interesting idea. That's an interesting, interesting idea. I think we need to have a Radagast the Brown episode soon. I do. And in fact, I suggested that we may yes. do it for the next okay. one. I think that's I think that's safe country, you know, in the sense of if we talked about Bjorn, we, we may be, you know, going into movie two right. stuff. So. Um, but I do want to actually say, you know, Father Roderick's basis for Father Roderick's answer of being A was because of the cinematic, you know, the cinematic opportunity that being carried to the Irie gives to the 3D, et cetera, et cetera. But I think Corey made a good point, which is you still you can still get that. You can still get those aerial shots, mm-hmm. either either flying them to the Carrick or flying them to Radagast. You can still get these really yeah. terrific shots. Well, and it just seems to me that the Irie, even though it's a short scene, it just doesn't add anything to right. Jackson's story to me. So, well, Father Roderick really liked the idea of um, uh, the idea of like having the, the like the Irie being the shot of a like kind of a cliff face, and there's like uh, you know different rocks jutting out, and so the eagles have nests in different spots, and so the dwarves are like sitting in these different nests all over you know the <laughs> cliff face, shouting at each other and like what's going to happen to us? He liked that that idea. So yeah. well, now here's another here's another monkey wrench in the works. Radagast could be on the Irie. Yeah, <sighs> crap, freaking Radagast. <laughs> Totally, another another poorly written question. Because if you think about it, the what happens in the book, right at the Irie, is there's a lot of explanation that happens. Yes, when they're at the Irie. So if Radagast is at the Irie, he would be then be the one doing the explanation. Yes, and we would still not have talking eagles. So we could be really mess. Yep. This could become a really messy riddle. Yep. So um, let's uh, so let's let's talking about the eagles. I think. I think it's just too tempting to transition into to sort of recent developments and controversies. So, wait a second. so the, for the conundrum, we already know. So you do think there's going to be talking? Oh, uh, the conundrum, yes. Let's introduce that first. Good point. Uh, so the conundrum is, will there be any talking animals at all, not including shape ans- shape shifters? Uh, yes. I think the eagles are going to talk. Oh, okay. So you're going down as yes. I'm going down as no. We already know Corey said no, right? Because yep. there was actually a fair amount of conversation about that. Um, okay. Great. So that's our – whatever conundrum number it is, and I'm not numbering them anymore because Steve has the numbering system down. <laughs> so, or or we'll number it actually when we put it up on the site because I can't remember what number it is. But Yes. Yep. So okay. – uh, All right. So well, let's – I said let's, yes. You said no, right? I said By no. By the way, what were our answers for conundrum 10? Because it's completely empty on the, the grid right now. Conundrum 10. Will there be a bridge film? Oh, 
Um, I said yes. I thought there was going to be one. That was actually from our uh, last uh, episode, right? Comic-Con. What well, was the Comic Con episode actually, where we yeah. actually talked about it? Oh, that's a good point. And then we introduced the bridge film idea, and I can't remember how much we talked. I don't know that we talked about it that much in the episode, which is which gave our our long suffering Ben, who is the wonderful person who's put the grid together, gave him some some. Uh, because he wasn't sure what to do with that. But, um, I think that there could, it, and actually the way that you explained we it, we all said yes, actually. It, I think we all said yes, because Corey said, you know, barring, you know, the opening up of the Tolkien trust to, to Silmarillion stories, you know, in other words, assuming that we're going to stay with the licensing the way it is today. Yeah. That yes, there probably would be a, a bridge film in the future. And I agree because you and I, I already told you that I think Warner Brothers needs a new franchise. And so they're going to, you know, they're going to try and squeeze this monkey as hard as possible. Yep. Yep. I completely, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Whether it's Jackson that does the directing, that's another story, but, mm-hmm. you know, anyway. Okay. Well, let's go on to, let's move on to some of these other kind of non episode related things. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of this, you guys, you know, might want to, or if I'm in on it to talk about in the next Riddles in the Dark episode. So let's see. But. We have the the action figures. Let's let's not spend a lot of time on those because since it it turns out that, that some of this has been disputed as whether it's accurate well, or not. You know, I I put a note in. You saw. You know, I, I actually wrote you a note after they announced mm-hmm. that those that those character descriptions were fake, yes, and I wrote I, I wrote it. Dave an email to my listeners to their listeners. I wrote him an email that said, you know, something like, "You have to keep me on the straight and narrow." You know, here we go, Dave. You know, you're. You're so good about being, you know, skeptical, and I'm just the one that wants to like say, "Oh, this must be true." So I was acknowledging the day, but then it occurred to me afterwards that you know they could actually be accurate, and somebody screwed up, and 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 underestimated the hack, you know, the hackers out there who can get in amongst the electrons and pulled this list out. So somebody screwed up, and to to you know to kind of throw us off the scent than this big announcement that those figurines were fake. So far, I haven't really seen anything that leads us to believe that they're not true. I mean, even Bofer on a cold drake, it occurred to me that he could be fighting the cold drake. It's not that he's necessarily riding the cold drake. Well, and, and, and I think, um, uh, I talked about this a lot with Father Roderick. I, I, there's no reason to believe that, that, that these things have any implications for the films. That, that's why, in my opinion, that's, it's kind of, it's sort of irrelevant whether that's, it's true or not, because there's things in there that clearly have nothing, that, it, it, I, they, they're obviously figurines for tabletop games. Like, like 16 different types of spiders. Yeah, it, it's, it, yeah, exactly. It's, it's the kind of thing that you're seeing in like Lord of the Rings Online or, 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 you know, it's sort of a it's a Tolkien Tolkien esque Dungeons and Dragons type right, you know right. figurine set. Now, I will actually bring something up, and I know it's it's not just based on the figurines, but and I cannot remember who who said this to me. You know, it's kind of like you. I mean, I have conversations with folks all different places now about this stuff. Yeah, they don't write down. Any of it. Somebody brought up the idea that the scene the scene of the Barrow Whites could be in The Hobbit. Um, you, you know, their, their point kind of was, first of all, it's a great scene. They didn't necessarily say it's because there are figurines of Barrow Whites. They didn't use that as the reasoning. But, um, the fact that kind of, oh, I know what it was. It was a, it was a follow up on, I think it might have been right after the last episode you guys did because, uh, Corey went to some lengths talking about that Tolkien, you know, naming the necromancer, what he did and then not explaining it really opens up this whole can of worms about, you know, necromancy and bringing the dead back to life and whatnot. So one of the listeners said, you know, they could do the Barrow White scene in the 
learned in the Hobbit. Yeah, or, or ad- learning adapted somehow. Adapted somehow. You know, like he pointed out, Old Man Willow was in Fangorn Forest instead of in, you know, in the Old Forest in, in, in uh, Two Towers. So, yeah. So, and then, then I thought, when I read that on the thing, Wait, I thought. Is Old the Man fact- Willow in, uh, appear in the film? Well, yeah, I remember how, uh, the, the, uh, Mary and Pippin get, get locked inside the tree. Remember how they, they, the tree swallows them up in Fang Forest? Forest? That doesn't happen in the Two Towers book. Holy crap. I don't words, even, happens, I don't even remember that. What happens in Fangorn Forest to them in getting shut inside the tree is actually what happens to them in the old forest in the book. Yeah, yeah. And in the two tower, they don't get shut up in a tree. Okay, so they could do, boy, I don't remember that, but I, I'm not surprised because of all the films, <laughs> two towers is the one that I, I have the least tolerance for. Like, Fuck I out. cannot watch it. The, the, well, now I, I thought back to the fact that there are these figurines of Barrow Whites, yeah. you know, and not to say that that is definitive of anything, but any, anyway, but it, I thought. It, it, it's not – it's not – it's an interesting idea because we know Gandalf's going to go into the tombs of the Nazgul or whatever and and there could be whitish things in there and ghosts and whatnot. Yeah, it, it, that's an interesting – that's an interesting idea. I'm not I'm not convinced, um, but now, it's an interesting possibility. Now, I will tell you – so one of the biggest pieces of news, of course, is the is the Hobbit app that's come out for the I – the I – Yes. The I people. Somebody, somebody said – I won't actually say it absolutely the way they said it, but – but it was like somebody wrote, what did the I people have to do to, you know, to get permission, you know, to just have this be on iPhones? Actually, they said, who did they have to sleep with? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get it only on I, you know, on, on the I things. They'll probably have an Android app out eventually. But, um, um, in that, by the way, speaking of like, now we're switching over to the character descriptions, which, you know, you and Father Roderick went into great detail on, on Secrets of the Hobbit. I will say that in the, on the app, they have a Middle Earth map and you can, you can, uh, click on different char- different characters are kind of strewn throughout. And right now, I think it's like most of the dwarves and Bilbo and Gandalf. And when you click on their character and and the description of them, it's it's those descriptions. It's the ones you guys have been reading, you and Father Roderick. Yes. So, you know, to me, that lends some credence to those character descriptions. Actually, is you know, this is the Warner Brothers app, bloody bloody bloody. Again, not to say like Corey said, you know, these are studio people. You know, and it still could be off somewhat, but anyway, it's just a little bit more evidence. Yep. No, I I agree, and I and I think the the main point of the figurines is just to it's it's interesting to to imagine the possibilities and stuff. Right. So, um, but the big uh, news really is the the change in yeah. the well. Well, the only the other the other thing that I thought was interesting that didn't get a whole lot of play was the the um, trivia game on Facebook where they had kind of some of the bizarro oh, yeah. questions. Uh, um, I don't think we'll spend a lot of time on that because I, I think I think that mystery has been solved. Uh, the, the the question that really upset people was the um, the attack on Roscommon by spiders, which uh-huh. didn't seem to be grounded in any kind of um, any any existing materials that we are aware of, and that that many people uh, jumped on and said, uh, you know, oh maybe this is a spoiler. Could it be a spoiler? Right. It's right. the kind of, it's the kind of thing that One Ring would have come out and said, this is a spoiler. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, uh, and instead it was me doing it. Um, but uh, Tyler Michael Johnson from uh, Middle Earth Network pointed out that there is a there's a, a, a um, an episode in. Lord of the Rings, The War in the North, um, or The Lord of the Rings War. I can never remember it. The War in the North game. Yeah. There is a spider. At, there's a whole um, sequence. You, there's like you spend like three hours or so of game time in uh, Mirkwood, and there's a sequence oh. where you defend Ross Goble from an attack by spiders. Oh, okay. And it's fairly clear that whoever made that trivia game, it was not. They were not connected. 
not directly involved in the production nor even necessarily an expert that they might very well have been pulling material from various right. even from video games and stuff so i that to me seems like the most likely explanation okay. more yeah. likely than than it actually being a spoiler but it's of course, and the other possible. one was the fact that the 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 quiz claims that the was it the dale is north of mirkwood oh, and it's yeah. like that's silly because it's like mirkwood's this huge thing <laughs> yeah it was very confusing i wanted to to, to to do that so uh yeah that that is a little kind of odd so but i think that the hobbit app is 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 a legitimate controversy here you know that so there's this app that came out on the iphone and i guess the ipad and i i still actually haven't even used the app yet um but there was a new version of the the scroll, the artwork scroll that we previously discussed on an episode of Riddles in the Dark. Corey, myself, and you, Trish, were there as well, and we, we you know we spent like an, an hour and a half talking about it or something insane. And uh, this new version of it, they basically lopped off uh, a goodly amount of content at yeah, the end. They did. And uh, and and this has sent the internet into a tizzy because people are wondering if this is a the the last sort of the scene kind of generally proceeds chronologically left to right. There's Gandalf. There's uh, at Bag End. Then there's the interior of Bag End. Then there's the troll scene. Then there's the dwarf party kind of at night hiking. Uh, then there's them at uh, there's the White Council at um, Rivendell, and then there's Bilbo in the Gollum's cave, and then there is the um, the fire scene, uh, the in, in out of the frying pan into the fire scene with eagles swooping in to rescue Bilbo's in a tree. Um, uh, there's fires and wargs on the ground, and then there's Thorn and Gandalf, I guess, also in trees, and so people are wondering. <gasps> Is this where the film's going to end? The first film? Um, why would they remove all that other stuff? There has to be. I, I've engaged in a Twitter conversation with several people, and their their point is like, well, they removed it for a reason. What would that reason be? You know, and the and and the the the, the explanation they're putting forth is this is the new ending of the film. They're going to end the filming at the Eagles rescuing um, the the company from the wargs and the fires. So. Um, uh, yes, an interesting point. Uh, I don't know how we, we, we actually – we have to start wrapping up, so we don't have a lot of time to get into it, and I'll, right. we'll probably try to address it uh, on an upcoming episode of Riddles in the Dark or maybe on uh, on, a, on, a, on another digest that we'll do soon or something. Right. But um, it's it's an interesting – it's an interesting question. I, I – I, if I if you put a gun to my head and said you know guess I would say yeah I don't buy it I I think I think there's other legitimate reasons for lopping off part of the uh, scroll other than just you know well that's where they're ending the film like you know maybe they just removed it for space or just cause or maybe they are fiddling around with the end maybe they maybe what they would like to do is try and create some uncertainty about the uh, where the ending will be. Um, maybe they are fiddling around with extra content from from the time the Eagles rescue them to the to the ending in the film. Maybe they're adding in more White Council material. So maybe the scroll, while they're not necessarily changing where the ending is, maybe that scroll wasn't really an accurate depiction of what's happening. Maybe they didn't like the artwork on the original scroll. I mean, there's so many reasons that could be utterly uh, – have nothing to do – could have lots to do with the with the film production or could have nothing to do with the film production. It could be just marketing things that I'm not ready to jump to the conclusion of the movie because it just – to me, it seems like a terrible idea. I, I think that in, as far as endings go, this seems like a cool – this could be an awesome ending because it's ending in conflict with a battle and right. the eagle swooping in. Like it's kind of a fun ending. I just don't – 
I don't see how there's enough in the enough material before that for a full first film. Because that's where I'm at, you know, yeah. it's like, what are they going to do? If, if if my first thought when I saw this was, if this truly is the ending, then there's going to be a whole lot of stuff that they they're going to be adding into the first movie that they haven't done any pictures of, right? You know, White Council stuff, Gold Don Guldur stuff, maybe some backstory, you know, dwarf uh, goblin stuff. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's some things they're packing in because you know, I mean, we know that uh, plus you know, things like. We know Gandalf was in Dol Guldur because we've seen the footage, but we've never seen that in like a scroll like this. So there's probably a bunch of other stuff that they haven't really shared with us. Yep. So that's the only thing I can think of is if this is the ending, um, then there there's got to be a whole bunch of other stuff they're adding, and maybe they're going to develop the goblin thing even further. But you know, we don't have any way to know that. But like you mentioned before we started the podcast, if they really do stop here, then that makes you know there's a whole lot more story to go before they get you know if the next movie's called The Desolation of Smog. Smaug, how are they going to – they're not – I mean they still got Markerwood to go through and all of the stuff with the elves and things. I mm-hmm. mean how are the, how is that movie going to make sense? You know what I mean? It's so – I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really – I'm concerned because I, I see two things. One, I see too much stuff following this point in the story and I don't right. see enough before it. Like right. you know, one thing you can imagine is maybe they're adding in White Council stuff. Where? All of the interesting White Council stuff, um, Gandalf sneaking into, you know, leaving the company, fighting Dol Guldur, yada, yada, yada. It all happens after this. Right. Like, what could you insert here? Unless unless the Gandalf sneaking into Dol Guldur scene is a flashback. But nothing I've seen gives me the impression that that's how they're using it. Like, I'm getting the well, impression – I'm getting the impression that the Gandalf sneaking into Dol Guldur scene is going to be – um, it's going to happen during the it, like the timeline of the main story that you know um, in the original chronology Gandalf sneaks into Dol Guldur before uh, twice. even he does it twice yeah, yeah even before this quest yeah I, I my personal feeling is if just from everything I've seen like with with the scenes with him in Rivendell with um, Galadriel stroking his hair and all that. The impression <laughs> that's leaving me with is that they're sending him on this mission to sneak into Dol Guldur. During the quest, so that when he leaves um, the company, he's making his way to Dol Guldur and sneaking in, and that maybe there will be an army of elves sort of marching in that direction because they expect him to find what they what they're looking for or whatever. So, I, I just get the impression that like, um, because uh, because if they were the, all these scenes with him in the White Council. I get the impression those are going to happen while the company is in Rivendell. Otherwise, we're going to see Gandalf in Rivendell twice. And um, uh, and and if he had already snuck into Dol Guldur, the point of sneaking into Dol Guldur is that's when he runs into Sauron and says, oh, crap, it's Sauron. It, it, the scenes with the White Council are controversial. It's them debating and not knowing what's going on. The, the mystery isn't solved already, whereas in the books, at that point, the mystery is solved already. And it's more a question of what to do about it. I get the impression right. that the way they're trying to do the films is they're trying to make this a mystery, what's going on right. with the necromancer, right. and that they're going to unravel right. it as the movies go on. So right. all the White Council material, it's after this point. So what could you possibly fill out this movie with? It just Well, I mean, you know, he does go in. I think he'll – I mean he sneaks into Dol Guldur in the beginning and in the beginning either as a flashback or in reality when he – when he runs across Thryon and gets the map and the key. See, I, I'm um, – yeah, I, I'm just really confused about that – the the timeline of that. But maybe you're right. Um, I mean in the books, it's way before this. I mean yeah, he exactly. has that map and key for years for like, and years and years. Years and years, years yeah. The quest for Erebor. But, you know, Jackson is great at compressing timelines, so who knows? 
shows. Yeah. Um, the other thing, well, and, and actually this is a side note and I actually sent you this note because it's probably more of a Father Roderick question than a Corey question is, you know, we've gotten, we've seen two scenes so far, two different scenes either through the films or through the scroll of Elrond looking, um, you know, analytically at something. Mm-hmm. One is the Morgul knife with the White Council and the other is the map with Thorin. Now, I just doesn't seem to me like they would be showing both of those so close together. In other words, if both of those things are happening when the company's at Rivendell, that doesn't make cinematic sense to me that they would do those two so close together. So I, you know, I, cause I know Father Roderick's got a lot of movie experience and he kind of knows that stuff. I was thinking you could mm-hmm. ask him the next time you guys have a, have a conversation what, what he thinks about where, where do those, where are those two scenes going to be? They, they can't be that close together in time in the movie. Yep. Yeah, I don't man, I just don't know. I, I'm just not I, I'm not ready to, to you know, like I don't know, I just hate to be be the um you know, like the jumping in like, Oh, they're doing it you know, like I'm just not I know, like, I know. Like unless we're given a really good this. reason for it, you know, let's let's yeah. settle down people. Let's let's think this through. <laughs> um not ready to jump to any conclusions yet. Uh, uh, it's just... By the way, Gandalf and Thorne are actually appear to be on the ground in this. They are not up trees, which I find a little bit irritating, frankly. Yeah, it is, it's a little odd. Well, maybe um, maybe Thorne is, is, is uh, jumping in to sacrifice himself as well, just like uh, Gandalf. Could be. Could be. Very heroic of him. Anyway, so yeah, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm going to be curious to see what Corey has to say about this too. Cause, yeah, uh, and Father I, I mean, Roderick. like, you know, like I have already told you guys, and I'll tell the listeners. I mean, this, this also affects kind of Brittles in the dark in the sense of, uh, you know, we don't want to really be going into movie two with our episodes, right? Yep. So. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I think I came up with a solution to that. I sent you guys what I thought we could talk about. So. Yep. Well, that I was going to. Uh, that is my impression. Despite my bravado about, oh, I don't think they're changing the ending. I am inclined, given that we don't have that many more episodes to do. We have, you know, a very small. We have a, a relatively small right. number. I'm inclined to do things to to play it safe here. Play it safe. <laughs> yeah, play it safe. And we do, you know, when we haven't really talked about Sauron, and I do think that that's okay to talk about for film one. Yep. You know, I mean, in terms of how he's going to be presented or yep. what we're going to know about him, maybe. Yep. Um, songs and verses, you know, I know Corey, I, I'm a lot of people I'm sure would like to hear him talk about that. And I know, I think you guys had talked about one time that you wanted to actually talk about sort of Bilbo and the ring. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked about Bilbo's character arc, but not really Bilbo's relationship to the ring. So I don't know if that would, that might be an episode we could talk about. Yep. We're, um, I think we're, we're, uh, we'll definitely address this more, this ending. Cause I, yeah. cause I think that, I think that, I think that the, I think we will, I think people should they probably won't hear this episode before the next Riddles in the Dark episode, which is going to be recorded in presumably in about three days. So there's a very good chance that we'll probably talk about this on the upcoming upcoming Riddles in the Dark episode. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of official blog post or statement where the Riddles in the Dark team comes to an agreement. Here's where we think the first film's going to end, and we're going to proceed as that you know as right. that's uh, assuming that unless we unless we hear incontrovertible evidence to the contrary uh so so we will be addressing this we promise (laughs) um so or by uh, the time you hear this we may already have addressed it so yes that's true (laughs) by the time you hear this this will be completely outdated and we'll be eating these words um so let's um let's start let's wrap up um uh, uh, let's thank, uh, we have a whole bunch of people. Oh, and, and one briefly, one last thing. There's, uh, we should promote, um, the, that, the, the blog, and I've closed my notes for some oh. reason. Um, 
Dang it. Where is it? Sarah's blog? Yes. Yeah. I don't have it either, but you know what? I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. Are you okay? Yes. Because we'll definitely post the URL too. With yeah, we'll post the URL. But um, there's a there's a very a very go getter listener, um, named Sarah Heller. Sarah Heller, that's right. Who is and she's also a MythGuard student. And rather than just rather than just contributing on the Facebook page and commenting and stuff and listening, she started her own blog called riddlesinresponse.blogspot.com. She is, uh, she's got, ex- you know, uh, uh, experience in filmmaking and some training and education, and she's uh, writing really detailed answers um, uh, uh, and justifications for her predictions, and she's starting at the beginning, going one reel at a time. Um, and she's also – we're trying to engage her to see if we can get her more officially involved because she also has some uh, um, very interesting ideas about making more interactive, uh, making right. like the grid and stuff more interactive. So uh, we just want to do a shout-out to her. Please go check out her blog. We'll start – we'll probably start going through – we might even go back through our old Riddles in the Dark posts and uh, add links to her, her posts as well. Oh, oh, good idea. That's a um, good idea. And start yeah, posting nice. to her uh, regularly on the new episodes as well. And, and yeah. if other people do similar things, create blogs. That, that that are about riddles in the dark, or whatever. Let us know. We will promote you as well. So, um, and speaking of which, I do want to give a shout out to Brent. Also, we, nobody knows has seen this, but Brent did send us. He actually started to do like a little self scoring booklet that you know we could get to when the movie came out. Yep. And I I didn't want I don't want Brent to be listening to this and think that we forgot about that. Yes, that's Brent Sprinkle. Um, uh, he, you'll, you'll see his name appear a bunch on the comments and stuff. So yeah, he's, he's working yeah. on that. We also have, uh, Ben Van, Van Berkham, who is a, uh, an undergraduate, um, studying physics and computer science. And he is the one who's been working on the new interactive, much more beautiful and, and useful grid. So, um, we want to thank him as well. We've, we've thanked Steve, but I, I, I also want to thank Scott Johns, who yep. is our new post-production guy yes, who's yes. putting the episodes together and getting them all yeah. polished up and taking the ums and uhs. And if he, I told him if he can take out my actualies also, please right. do so. <laughs> um, and, and also I just want to thank everyone who's written in to me and volunteered and said, Hey, I want to help somehow. And in particular, if I if I kind of gave you a very uh, non-committal response, I want to apologize. It's just we're we're moving very cautiously about adding too many more moving parts. And if you have emails, if you emailed me and you're still waiting for a response, I have your your in my Gmail. Your message has a star next to it and has the label to do on it. I will respond to you. I promise. Um, so we want to thank all of you for so so enthusiastically volunteering and 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 please um, don't be bitter that we either haven't responded or we that we haven't found a use for you yet. Be be relieved that we haven't. <laughs> um, but don't worry, we will get to it eventually. I want to thank all of our analysts, of course, except for the ones who who haven't sent us their answers yet. <laughs> Get get on it. Send us your answers. Come on, people. And uh, I'm not going to go through the whole list because because I got to get out of here. But I especially want to thank we have our, our our new introduce our newest analyst ML Johansson who hasn't sent us any answers yet. So I got to harass him. But he is the proprietor of the Lord of the Rings project, which is which is growing fame on the internet. He's doing some really cool stuff over there. Google it and you'll find him. And he has a Twitter account L O T R project. And he's always posting awesome stuff and he's very responsive. So uh, he's a lot of fun. So definitely check him out, people. All right, let's uh, let's get off of here. Um, but uh, thank you, Trish. 
Uh, oh, and for, thank you, Dave. For staying on me about this. I, I want to tell people that um, we're restructuring a bit. Trish is now officially in charge of Riddles in the Dark. Uh, Corey and I are now just along <laughs> dum, for the dum, ride. Dum, dum. So so I wanted to, to just thank her for taking that on and for, for keeping the, the wheels moving. We have lots of interesting things in in the works. We're, we're working on making the grid more interactive. We're, we're plotting out sort of our upcoming episodes. Brent's working with us on trying to make some kind of scoring booklet that people can take with them when they go to the films. Uh, we're definitely, we are definitely going to do something for Hobbit Day. We, we haven't talked about exactly what that would be yet, Trish, but we should. We're yeah, definitely so going to do, yeah. yeah, so we're definitely going to do something that day. I know Corey's already working on some stuff with Middle Earth Network, but we, we definitely should do that as well, so. Okay. So just keep your ears peeled folks for new episodes and and keep an eye on the Mythgard blog and also on the the Tolkien Professor Facebook page and the Rules in the Dark Predictions Facebook page. We'll be sending announcements there. And thank you to all of you who keep tweeting at us too. I'm having a lot of fun discussions. And for those of you who are who who endure my other posts on various other topics, whether they be statistics or computer science or occasional political rants during the conventions or whatnot, thank you for enduring those in order to continue you interacting with me about Tolkien. I'll try to make it worth your while. <laughs> That's great. Well, and I should probably think that I, there's a few people that catch me on the chat on Facebook, so mm-hmm. I've been oh, having good. fun with those folks as well, so thanks to all those people. You know who you are. That's right. All right. Well, Trish, why don't you take us away? Okay. Thanks for listening, and Godspeed. Godspeed.